Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back. Oh, my God. Welcome back to the morning toast and happy Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Happy Friday, Jackie. Happy Friday, Toasters. We Welcome. did it, you guys. I mean, at times it felt like it might never come. but An uphill battle. That's the beauty of the week. If you stick it out, it will eventually be Friday. That's true. If you build it, if you, Friday will come. If you persevere, it will be here. And I'm so excited that we are all together on this Friday. It's a, it's a very Friday-y Friday. I know. There's like magic in the air. Magic in the air. Tis the season. And I'm just really excited to embark on my weekend. I am too. Oh my God, your water bottle just like popped. My water bottle's excited to embark on the weekend. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm definitely feeling the Friday vibes, but I have a lot to accomplish here at the Morning Toast before I can set foot peacefully into Friday because... I worked so hard for the toasters yesterday. I watched literally everything on TV. Okay. I watched the episodes that are available of, and just like that, which we will be recapping and we will be giving spoilers. It is the fifth story. It's the fifth story into the TV recap. There will be a major spoiler because a major thing happened. Yeah. And, but we'll let you know before you're good right now. We'll let you know. We'll give you time. I watched the entire season of, um, the sex lives of college girls. And I absolutely must put it in the TV recap. I also finished, Ultimate Girls Trip Real Housewives, which I know you did too. Yeah. So we will be discussing, recapping, and chatting about that in the TV recap. How many episodes are there of Sex and the City? Two. Oh, okay. But they're about an hour. They're not the classic 30-minute episodes. Got it. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. It's a lot. Like, it, it felt in the like words a lot. of Tasha, it's a lot. It looks like a lot. It feels like a lot. I would be surprised if it was anything less than a lot. So... Yeah, I mean, obviously there's this major spoiler everyone's talking about, but also there was a lot going on like with the characters that I found to be just as interesting, specifically my girl Miranda. Okay, I'm excited to hear about it in the TV recap and to talk about Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. I have so many thoughts, and I don't know if I've ever had less popular opinions in my life. Ooh, I know what it's going to be. We'll talk about it. Yeah. But I was looking on Twitter, and like I didn't even see one rogue person that who, agreed with you. who agrees with me That's or funny. anything like that. It was also a lot, and I have yeah. I, we just there's a lot to break down today, and there's a lot of news, a lot of legal news, a lot yes. of justice, judicial system doing their thing. Yeah, some verdicts were coming down yesterday, and justice has been served. Some verdicts were coming down. Some gavels were coming down pretty hard as well. Yes, I'm gonna hang on to this because I'm feeling today's episode might be a little judicial. It's gonna be quite judicial, and I. 
ah, it could jump in. Feels a little premature. I'm ready because like I was saying, I'm so here to like dive into Friday, but not before I do my job to the fullest extent of the law. And I have a lot to say today. Okay, so maybe we just dive right in. Any personal updates? No. No, I literally like was a disgusting piece of shit yesterday who watched so much television for my job. So it's it's acceptable. Um, And that's like what I did all all fucking day. Well, thank you for your service. And just a little book update because I've been reading a lot and watching a lot of TV. Finished Inheritance Games. Um, I just, like, I'm so annoyed that I wasted my time. And now, like, no, no. I feel bad. Then I started the new Jodi Pickolt book, Wish You Were Here. And, you know, she's, like, such an acclaimed author. And Never so, heard of her. Yes, you, I think she wrote My Sister's Keeper. I've actually never read oh. a Jodi Pickolt book, but you would recognize all the titles. Yeah, yeah, for sure, because they're made into movies. And so her new book, like, just dropped. And I was cautiously choosing it because it is about the pandemic. Oh. And so it starts like. Red flag. It starts March 13th, 2020. Red fucking flag. But I, it's a, so far it's not triggering. Okay. And I'm about 15% in and because she, like, she's supposed to go on a trip like on March 14th and she still goes and she gets like stuck on the island. Because. That's cute. So it's not like. It's not about COVID. It's just her circumstances and if in the book are due to the COVID yeah. circumstances. Yes. Okay, that's not bad. So I'm I'm reading cautiously. I will keep you guys posted because like, no. Yeah. But so far so good. So that's my reading update, and um, I will continue to share with you. I feel like if I keep going at this rate, I might reach hit hundred. No, like so. My goal is always fifty. This is my sixtieth book. Oh, I thought you were gonna get close to hundred. Last year I read sixty-five books. I did not think I was gonna top last year. You will because we're going on, on like a low-key mountain vacation. Like if I don't choose any books that are like more than five hundred pages, I could probably do it. Yeah. Um, whenever you hold these gavels, do you feel the need to touch your knee like you did at the doctor, like to check your reflexes? You just fake that. Yeah, for sure. What am I supposed to feel? You're supposed to, it's supposed to be a reflex. That's the point. Am I a serial killer? Let me bang it. (laughs) Oh my God. No, do yours. Okay. I think also your leg is supposed to be hanging off the doctor's table. Like, I don't think this counts. And also I think it's like when you know it's coming... Because you're administering it. Oh, that's a really good call. It's a little. You are so smart sometimes. Thank you. I'm probably not even right, but it sounded good. So I was hoping to reach my Goodreads goal of 30 books, um, and I'm ready at like 26, and I just haven't been able to pick up my Kindle, but I'm hoping just to like bang out five while we're on vacation. Yeah, you'll you'll do great. The hard part is finding the books. Yeah, send me recommendations for like really cute, twisty-turny, short books. <laughs> I'm trying to hit a goal here, okay? No, it's so funny. In, like, the Redheads Facebook group, everyone's like, I'm trying to hit my reading goal. Can someone, can people recommend some short books? Yeah, some crap. Like, <laughs> no, but it could be good. Read Franny and Zoe. That was, like, 90 pages, but it was tough. Mm, I might just do that. No, you would, you, I think you would, would actually hate it. hate it. I think you'd be better off reading, like, 300 pages of, of Colleen Hoover. Of the Odyssey. Of Colleen Hoover. I fucking love Colleen Hoover. That's easy. I would, I would read, like, a 500-page Colleen Hoover Did book. Did you read Layla? No, because that was the one Colleen Hoover book you told me I wouldn't like. Well, I have a Kimberly that I haven't even spoken about this. At the Redheads. You're so modest. I'm so modest. No, at the Redheads, we are currently running Reader's Choice Best Book of 2021 because the Editor's Choice with all the hosts was so controversial. What book won from the Editor's? So it was, ba- everyone gave their top three picks. And then if you, your third pick got a score of one, your second pick got a score of two, and your first pick gets a score of three. And mm-hmm. then I added up all of the numbers. Yep. And because Dana and I had the same number one book. That book won. That book won. That book is also Margot and Rebecca's least, least favorite, favorite book that we yeah. read this year. So it was Clara and the Sun, mm-hmm. 
but it's also like written by like a Nobel laureate. Like it is a good book, but it was just not the redhead's cup of tea. So yeah. I posted like that's the redhead's book of the year and the people were up quaking, in quaking. So I was like, you know what? Let's take it to, let's do a reader's choice. And it's pretty shocking. You are such like a community manager of the redheads. Like, you know what? And I feel like you don't even talk a lot about the redheads. So successful. It's like one of our most successful ventures. It's really like. It, These are almost at 50K on Instagram. That's crazy. It really brings me so much joy and naches. And I love every part of it. And it's looking like the Midnight Library is going to be the Reader's Choice Best was Book that yours? of the Year. No, that was Dana's. And honestly, it was my number two. I'm totally okay with that. But shockingly, Layla comes in at number two. It's Colleen Hoover. Yeah. And is it, it long? No. And I think you would like it. And okay. the Redheads liked it. And you, like... Are, I drive with the Redheads. You're usually in line with them. You know, I drive for sure. So I... But I need to join a book club podcast full of, like, you know... Snitches choices? No, no, because you know what? Snitches choices are not even my genre. I thought that they were, and then she made me read American Royals, and I never trusted her again. And she's like stands by that decision. I need a book club full of like bored housewives who are looking for like cute erotic romantic comedies. I think there are so many book clubs like that. I actually think that's like the stereotypical book club, yeah. and I think that's the one I need to join. Yeah, maybe you guys are too scholarly for me. I think. Well, it's it's every. Every month is different. It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. Because so, Dana's really scholarly. I think Rebecca and I are pretty much like on the same wavelength of like. Snitches. Sometimes we're like genre fluid, but we do love historical fiction. Mm -hmm. And then Snitch comes in with. To bring the, the age average slightly down. Yeah. And to bring the pornography slightly up. That's what I love. You so, know what you might like? What? Even though like we all look back on it and we're like, no. Uh. But, but it was just like a. It was, a, I think you might like it. Red, white, and royal blue. Oh, you know what? I've gotten recommended that a bunch of times. Yeah, I would have read it even if it wasn't a redhead's choice because it was coming up on so many lists. Mm -hmm. And I think you might like it. Okay. So yeah, five more books. I think I can do it. I think you can do it too. She's going to do it, you guys. No, I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah. Even if I have to just like catalog some Dr. Seuss books, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, you'll be great. You're also such a fast reader. I think you're a faster reader than me. I'm extremely fast. Yeah. Because, um... My font is so big on my Kindle. That's my little hack. That's insane. You read so fast when your font is enormous. But like you get carpal tunnel now from tap, no. tap, tapping. No. Tap, tap, tapping on the glass. Waving through a window. All right, let's jump in. I, I do feel ready now. And also, if you are redhead, make sure to go vote in the final poll. It's up on our Instagram story. I want everyone's voices to be heard on this one. Without further ado, it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by The Pill Club. If you're on birth control, remembering to take your pill is already enough work. Forget going to the doctor in person to get your prescription and picking it up from the pharmacy. The Pill Club wants to help you take the work out of taking care of yourself. The Pill Club carries over 120 FDA-approved brands. Most brands of birth control are free with insurance or Medicaid. Otherwise, prices start as low as $9 a month without insurance. The Pill Club delivers birth control to your door for free and discreet packaging, and their licensed medical team is just a text away to give you the best reproductive health care. Skip the office, skip the waiting line, and join the club. Right now, when you go to thepillclub.com slash toast, the Pill Club is offering a $10 donation to bedsider.org for every Morning Toast listener who becomes a patient. Your donation will help low-income individuals get access to birth control through, through bedsider.org. That's thepillclub.com slash toast to get your first birth control care package and donate to help more women in need of affordable birth control. Remember, the, thepillclub.com slash toast. You must use that link to make sure the donation goes through. Great. Okay, our first story, big news. 
Jesse Smollett is guilty of staging a race-baiting hate attack to boost his career. Guilty on five out of six counts, nearly three years after he claimed two Trump-loving bigots beat him up, tied a noose around his neck, and doused him in bleach, Jesse Smollett was convicted Thursday of staging a hate crime in a misbegotten bid to raise his public profile. Twelve. Jury- I didn't realize that was the reason behind it. Yeah, I, think, I mean, like, I, like it crossed my mind, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure that was a verified fact. I don't. This is this uh, article. This article seems a little editorialized. They're taking some liberties. <laughs> it's the New York Post. Twelve jurors in Chicago criminal court found the disgraced actor guilty of five of six counts of felony, felony disorderly conduct for filing a false police report following testimony from thirteen witnesses and more than nine hours of deliberation. As the jurors read out the verdict, he stood huddled with his attorneys and kept his eyes trained on the pal- panel and remained stoic. The actor, who took more than an hour to return to the courthouse to hear the jury's verdict, now faces up to three years in jail, was later seen embracing his siblings and family. Following the verdict, his lead defense attorney said that the actor plans to fight the conviction on appeal. He said, quote, he's committed to clearing his name and he's 100% confident that he's going to get cleared by the appellate court. Unfortunately, sure, Jen, sure, juicy. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's not the route we wanted, but sometimes that's the route you have to take to win, especially a case where we remain 100% confident in our client's innocence. That is so delusional. You know what? I'm actually, here are my questions. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that this is like a gross misuse of police resources, but is this something you go to jail for? Um, like for lying to, to the police? Yeah. yeah well, it's, he faces up to three years in jail. Yeah, but it's possible he could also get out with like a year of community service yes. and parole. So, but yes, it seems as though he might go to jail for this. He lied to the police. I saw today that he used $100,000 of police resources. Oh, is he on, get, getting fined for that? On this little stunt. I didn't see anything about fines. Um, Okay, well, that was my first question. And my second question is, like, does Juicy have, like, a lot of money? Because, like, to keep fighting, it's a lot of legal expenses. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm curious how he's paying for this because he was on Empire for, like, a good amount of time and he definitely got paid a lot. But he hasn't been working in three years. Yeah. So I'm just curious. Wow, I can't believe that was three years ago. You know, I know. I saw a clip the other day of his Robin Roberts interview, like it was just like going was around. Was this before it was exposed that it was fake? Before it was exposed that it was fake, where he's talking and he says, I will never, and he's like very, you know, somber and like chronicling what happened to him. And he said, I will never be a person that this didn't happen to. And it's... Actually, that's exactly who you are. <laughs> no, it's it's really harrowing to watch it, ne- like now knowing. You know what's also harrowing to watch? I came up on my TikTok this morning, like clips of what, you know, different media n- news channels were talking about before this was exposed as being fraudulent. So like just seeing, um, it was that woman who was on Roseanne. I think she's like Roseanne's sister. She's on the talk, like promoting Roseanne, but obviously no one can talk about anything else. And she's just going so hard. And she's like, and there are people who are doubting Juicy and, and it's just terrible. And I'm like, she had good intentions. Obviously, I don't think she's a bad person, but it's so awkward to watch it now, knowing all that we know, all these different news clips. It's just hindsight is just 2020. And it's painful to watch. It will never not be like the craziest, the craziest thing, thing when I think about it. And I just remember, I can't believe it was three years ago already, but I just remember when, like, it never would have crossed my mind that someone could be fibbing Especially because we're just living in such terrible times, so it was such a believable lie, and I think... Well, no, it's just because who would lie, like... Right. 
you don't fathom that some that that this could be made up. Yeah, but sadly, like hate crimes happen a lot. Yes. So it's right. It's not unfathomable. Exactly. So when it happened, it was just and like everyone was so impacted by it. I don't think there wasn't a celebrity who didn't speak out on it. Like it was just this horrific, horrific story that never happened. It's just. It'll never blow my mind. It'll never not be the craziest thing I ever lived through, honestly. Yeah. Not to be dramatic. No, no, no. It is that crazy. And if you're going to do something as crazy as staging your own hate crime, the levels of messiness that this plan included, like the checks and literally rolling up to the hardware store to get rope, like it was just so poorly planned for something so egregious and something so unethical because like there are so many people who actually are victims of hate crimes and like this just like... Is like a stain. No, but to like play on existing divisions to just boost your career. Yeah. It's so twisted. It ain't right. And also, I don't know how, I mean, if you are going to stage a hate, maybe there are ways to, he could have, you know. Ordered the rope on on Amazon. Kept it on, no, but still it would be on his Amazon. Like in this day and age, you know, if he's sending them the script of what to say, like that, there's a paper trail. Unless, you know, maybe he should have wrote a pen and paper and then burned it. Yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm grateful this saga's behind us because it was like the worst of humanity. So, and the justice system did her thing and Juicy will I guess pay appeal. the price, no, whatever but he's it is. Appe- like the fact that he's still maintaining that this happened. Okay, but let's be real. How like, do you- what else could he do? Like admitting, do you know how embarrassing this is? This no. is like, like his, fa- his sister journey is also like famous, like, he has other people to think about. Like, this is mortifying. Agreed. I don't know. If no. I was him in this situation, I don't you, think I would ever be in this situation. I'm not sure what route I would take. Okay. Perhaps, because admitting the truth is so humiliating. Yeah, but lying under oath also is bad, yeah. But perhaps, okay, say you want to stick to your story. You've made, you've come this far. Yeah, right. But to go to the appeals court or even yeah. suggest that you might. No, I know. Like, once I would be found guilty, I think I would, like, let the jig up. Like, I would put my case to rest. Yeah, but maybe in some delusional way, like he really thinks he's innocent. Because it takes a really unwell person uh, mentally to do something like this. So maybe in his own way, he does think, I'm just trying to rationalize because this is the most moronic story and it just keeps getting weirder. So I'm just trying to rationalize. Like maybe he does think he's innocent in his own special way. In his own special way. Just a thought. Well, speaking of unwell people in the justice system, Josh Duggar has been found guilty on child pornography charges facing a potential 40-year prison sentence. Lady Liberty doing her thing yesterday. Josh Duggar's fate has been sealed. A jury on Thursday found the former reality star political activist and father of seven. A political activist? For who? I don't know. Guilty on t- of two charges of unknowingly receiving and possessing child pornography, also known as child sexual abuse material. He faces up to 20 years of imprisonment and up to 250 $50,000 in fines for each conviction, though because possession is a lesser included offense, he will technically only be sentenced for the receipt crime. Say that again? I don't understand. His sentencing is expected in four months, but a date hasn't been scheduled pending a pre-sentence investigation. So we'll find out eventually how long it's going to be. This is glorious news. Um, I did see a report that some of the evidence that was brought into trial proved that he was like consuming and sharing child pornography 
of a child that's three months old. Yeah. Okay? So this is the type of fucking lunatic, monster, disgusting pervert we're working with. And I pray to God this man spends the rest of his life in prison. I think he's disgusting. I think his family is disgusting. And I think the fact that we've known he's a pedophile for so long and he's just now like being brought up on serious charges is just insane because his family was protecting him. I hate this man with every fiber of my being and I hope he has a miserable fucking life. I had seen some anecdotes over like the course of the trial of what was found and it's so troublesome. Disgusting, troublesome. That Twisted. It makes you sick to your stomach. I know. It's so awful and seriously like I hope in some way this investigation is helpful in you know it's like a leading them to i don't think where he, he, where he wasn't he, manufacturing any where of the he port got order. those images right and, and so i hope this is like you know one cog in the machine but for now i'm grateful justice was served for this absolute animal and i hope obviously there's more benefits that come after yeah but when you do think about like where this leads and like you know how many other people have these He's images one of a million. Who makes these images? How many other people make image? It is so twisted. Twisted, the world that we live in. It's so disgusting, and seriously, death to them all. Death, death. Whew. But bright side, justice. justice has been served. Yes. Yes. You know we're two for three on public trials. You know, we just you have Ghislaine left. It's been a very legal, judicial, like, it couple has, weeks. It has been. And I I just want to brace everyone. Like, I don't think we're going to get what we need Me neither. in the Ghislaine situation. And it's really disappointing. And I'm doing, like, everything I can not to turn into a full-blown conspiracy theorist. But I have literally not seen this trial being covered on any major news channels, outlets. I'm seeing it on, like, random Twitter accounts. And I'm trying not to fall into, like, a deep, dark hole of conspiracy. But there's just so much out there to consume conspiracy-wise. And I have a feeling... Well, it's not conspiracy if it's the truth. Thank you. Um, I just have a feeling like we're going to get absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. The courtroom nothing. was closed. Like, the, the everything is just... The prosecution is, like, bundling... They're about to rest, I think. Yeah, they like so much stuff that would have been illuminating has been like kept private. It's we're it's getting not nothing, you guys. So I have a list. I'm checking it twice. Juicy check. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Josh Jugger check. Ghislaine. I don't think we're gonna go three for three. I really don't. No, and it's. I mean, maybe she'll be found. Like maybe she will spend time in prison and whatever. But you know, the, it's not gonna be. This it's big, not gonna be this big exposure. Where all the roaches come out. No, we're not getting that. Nothing of the sort. No, and that's what we thought we were getting. And oh, how we have been fooled. I think we always knew. I don't know. There was a time where you couldn't fart without hearing Jeffrey Epstein's name like it was just such a conversation it was such a part of the culture Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself all that stuff that you thought in no way can like these people escape public scrutiny and we've forgotten we have all forgotten no I don't think it's the people that have no forgotten. you're right don't it's the media the it's the media yeah so that's disappointing but we'll cross that bridge when we get, when there. We get there are you ready for our next story if it's a story that's brought to you by pros 
have you noticed some hair starting to shed after you have your baby? That can be really common. I know that's something you're really thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be really concerning. So after a pregnancy, your body is shifting, recalibrating, and doing things that don't feel normal. One of the alarming side effects of the hormonal changes can be excessive shedding, which is hair that comes out in clumps even when you wash it or brush it. Thankfully, we have pros to stop the shedding cycle and grow back your hair. Pros specializes in custom hair care, and now they also make custom hair supplements that are personally tailored to address your specific cause of shedding. So you could shed for a multitude of reasons. Like I know a lot of people who have experienced hair loss, whether they're just going through stressful times, obviously postpartum, and it's nice to have something in your home that can prepare you for this. They take into account things like hormonal changes, stress level, diet, and more, and the result is customized supplements guaranteed to help you grow thicker, longer, softer hair in record time. They're made with clean, safe, and natural ingredients. The Pro's hair supplements are just two capsules you take daily. The first strengthens and rebalances the scalp to reduce shedding, and the second capsule helps to spark fuller, faster, deep, deeper growth in the follicle. Multiple studies show that over 90% of women taking Pro's hair supplements saw less shedding, more growth, and improved overall appearance in just 90 days. Try your own custom hair supplements, and you'll get 15% off when you go to pros.com slash toast. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash toast for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off custom hair supplements. Wonderful. Our next story, Kanye West asks Kim Kardashian to, quote, run right back to me, baby, during the benefit concert. Kanye is making another public plea for reconciliation to his estranged wife, Kim, while performing at the Free Lab Larry Hoover concert Thursday at the LA Coliseum. Kanye dedicated his song Runaway to Kim. After singing the lyrics, I need you to run right back to me, baby, the rapper added, more specifically, Kimberly. Oh, wow. Kim attended the concert with her sister Kendall and her mom Chris. She also brought along two of her kids, North and Saint. I definitely feel like Kim and Kanye are going to get back to together eventually, but I think Kim is going to make Kanye like work extremely hard for it and like embarrass himself multiple times publicly. Okay, I agree, but I also I just don't want Kim to like overplay the hand I know. because then like it just takes one split second for the him to get fed up for the person who's chasing to be like. I'm done, yeah. and then it's too late. So I hope that, you know. I think Kim has, like, a good gauge on Kanye. I, I think the, she'll know. I hope the timing's right, but also, like, seeing all of this, and it obviously, like, it's every week now where he makes some sort of public plea, plea. to Kim, which, like, you know, the stands just love to see. Yeah. Um, it's making me question, like, what happened between them, because it's, like, he... It seemed kind of like amicable, like you want to live this way, I want to live this way, you know, it's not really working between us, but now it's almost like he's asking for forgiveness. Yeah, well, I think the way that they were living was because of Kanye. Like, he never came home. He was always in Idaho, yeah. right? Wyoming. Wyoming. Um, and I think, like, Kim's like, okay, so that's the life you want? Good, because it's the life you get. And he's like, actually, no, like, I miss my family. You know, Kanye's very, like, family-oriented. And I think, like, knowing that his family was waiting for him is one thing, but knowing that, like, they're living separate lives is probably another. Yeah, and now when you think about it, like, he's sold the Wyoming ranch, or at the very least it's on the market. He bought a house in Malibu. Like, he's committed to living in Cali So I think she's Kim. making him do, like, a list of things. She's waiting the good amount of time, like, making him jealous. And in the meantime, she's, she's having you know, fun. she's having a great time. Um, this works for me. Me too. Uh, I just hope that the timing, that they don't miss each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, she's playing hard to get, he's chasing, and then, like, just when she's about to give in, he gives up. Yeah, he meets someone, and it's like, yeah, no, I've been pursuing Kim, and she won't even give me, like, she, it's never coming home. Right, because it's, like, humiliating, like, over and over to keep putting yourself out there. I don't think... Brutally rebuffed. Yes, but, like, I don't find this to be, like, embarrassing on Kanye's part. I find it to be really sweet. Me too, and I also don't think, like, humiliation is a feeling Kanye's really capable of feeling, because he's just 
so confident in himself. Right. Like, that's not a feeling he can really feel, I think. Right. And for Kim, it's, like, the best feeling. She's dating, like, America's Bachelor. Yep. While, you know... Kanye is just waiting in the wings. No, that's nice. And you know what? She waited at home for him for so long. So now it's his turn to wait. Mm-hmm. Did you see anything else from the concert? No, I didn't really. Um, I didn't know that it was on or else I would have watched it. Like I was in such watching mode. You know what I watched? I mean, I at least I tried. I think it was really late. Zach was up so late watching oh, it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It was like streamed, right? Yeah, it was on Amazon Prime. Well, I, um, again, watched so much stuff yesterday just because I'm amazing at my job. And I did start to watch the Travis Scott Charlemagne interview. Yes. And I wanted to do it for my people so I could come on here and recap it. But I, I really, I could not make it past like six minutes. It's 50 minutes. It is, it's clear from the get-go he's taking absolutely no responsibility. So I've got message received. I don't need to watch the whole hour. And to be honest, and I know this is like so ironic coming from me because every other word out of my mouth is like, 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 totally, like, like. Travis is just you know, uh, you know, yeah, like, you know, and I'm like, I, I sound like that too, but I, like, it was just, it was filled with nothing. It's Tom Sandoval. Yeah, you know, you know, and you know what? <laughs> I'm now conscious of how many times I say, you know, because it doesn't sound good. Other people are like as other people's, you, you know. know. Yeah. You know is not great. I do think it's better than like, because there's less of a stigma around it. Yeah, we'll get there, don't worry. Yeah, but... I agree. But the whole message of the interview is that he's taking no accountability. So I don't really know why I needed an hour of that. He said it in the first couple minutes. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think, well, I actually didn't watch the whole thing, so I can't really say. I don't think Charlemagne was hitting him with like the hard questions. Questions. Okay. But there is, I only you know, watched it for six minutes. minutes so 44 minutes. If you want to watch, watch, let me know. I just, and I couldn't like gather from the comments what the general reception was. All the comments were really just like praying for the families. Yeah. So I'm not sure like what the interview accomplished. Got it. Well, speaking of Pete Davidson, sort of. Miley Cyrus and Pete Davidson reveal they got matching tattoos after SNL in 2017. Miley and Pete used to share a secret tattoo. The singer and the comedian stopped by The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon Thursday to promote their New Year's Eve special. While there, they revealed they once got matching tattoos after appearing in an SNL sketch together. They both starred in the show's The Baby Step sketch, which aired in 2017 and also featured Larry David. Before launching into the story of their matching ink, Pete joked, it was a very dark time in our lives, with Cyrus saying that we were dressed as babies, everything seemed fun and fine. So after the sketch, they... um, felt inspired to get something tattoos like that said we uh we babies but I guess Pete's has burned off since and oh, Miley's, that's so embarrassing for Miley, Miley still has hers um like I saw a lot of promo about this interview well because they're doing promo they're hosting New Year's Eve together right yeah or she's it's her thing oh no they're hosting it together sorry and so then they went on the Tonight Show last night and Miley like saying something and it was like funny haha um I feel like tacky promo like this is so beneath Pete. Yeah. This is like so Miley. Like this is her, she loves like kitschy um, Tonight Show stupidity. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Pete is so like not this. No, this whole thing was just. uh, Corny. Corny, weird, I don't know. And uh, unclear, I'm not understanding like what's going on. And they got tattoos. No, and that's like hella embarrassing. Like you got tattoos with someone and like there's mysteriously burned off and like you're left with this moronic tattoo. Yeah. But I guess when you have so many tattoos, it's it doesn't like, matter. It's not like the biggest deal yes. to just get something that you think is cute or funny. Yeah. I this, don't know. Yeah. 
I know. This is like classic celebrity um, clickbait nonsense. Yes, I know. But, but you good know to what? know that they're hosting New Year's Eve together, even though, like, you know, I used to literally, when we were growing up, like, I used to fucking love that show. Like, Reckon Dick and Clark. Rockin' Dickin. Dick and Rockin' Eve. Dick <laughs> Clark's Rockin' Eve. Yes. I used to love it. It was, like, really, like, a cornerstone of, like, my childhood. And I can't think of anything I would rather watch less now. Well, that's also, I think, what it's meant to do. You know, it's for the kids and the families. And then yeah. eventually you grow up and you go to the clubs. And it's like, who the fuck is sitting at home watching this? No, no, but even if I'm home. Like, we were home on New Year's. Last year and we were watching. Were we? We were watching some program. That yeah, some program. The... Actually, I don't know if we watched anything. I think we just, like, had a clock. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not because I'm not home. It's just because, like, it's all pre-recorded now. Like, everyone's lip syncing. And it's like, I'm just too smart to watch it. No. And, yeah, I, I agree. I do think it has gone down, down. Like, yes, we've gotten older, but it has gone down. It has, right? Like, yeah. when we were, like, 12, that was, like, the height of it. It had to have been. Yeah. And it felt like, you know, to be asked to perform, like, as the ball drops on NBC is, like, the height of your career. Whereas, like, now it's, like, who can we get to show up at midnight? Right. But is that just because song? we're old? Or, like, do kids today, like, live for the ball dropping? I don't know. I also think of like the Thanksgiving Day Parade, where it's like when we I were still think that when we were growing up, it was like the Miley Cyrus, the Jonas Brothers, like oh my god, it's the, it's the coolest thing. Yeah. And now I'm watching it as an adult, and I'm like, they couldn't pay these people enough to come. Okay, I think that the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade like really still has its prestige. I agree, but I. It has it, it it has, and I, I will watch it like till I'm till I'm dead. But it just felt like growing up, like the performers, maybe because it was targeted to us. Like, yeah, but that's also just a kid. Like you don't realize that they're lip singing, and it's like, oh, sparkly lights. Like it's all very impressive. But I think it actually ages very well. Yeah, no, but now being older, I'm like, you know, they're it's not the most A list. No, 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 no. But, but it felt like A plus growing up. Yes, but I do think. For the most part, the Thanksgiving Day Parade is still like a really prestigious thing. I think people still love it. A hundred percent. And I don't think Dick and Rock and Eve has the same effect. We'd have to talk to the campers. Yeah. Is that like their life? Is that their go-to? Right. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, now it's Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. It was Ryan Seacrest when we were kids. He was the guy. We never encountered Dick. No, I don't think we were Dick's... Dick's girlies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we were. Okay, are you ready for our fifth and final story that's going to lead into the TV recap that is also going to spoil and just like that? So take a moment. If you haven't watched and just like that and you don't want it to be spoiled, I would skip probably the next 10 minutes of the episode. Okay. Yeah, we'll try to flag you back in. So okay, if, yeah. If I'm, I can remember, when you see me go like this, come back. Okay. And if you're listening as a podcast, I'm just really sorry. Yeah. Give it 10 minutes. Maybe we'll try and get a timestamp in the description. Yeah, okay, I'm looking right now for how long it takes us. For when you can come back in. Yeah. Fifth and final story. Peloton responds to the death of Sex and the City... Truckers for for Peloton Peloton responding to the death of Sex and the City character in first episode of And Just Like That. So here's the spoiler. In the first episode, Carrie and Mr. Big are enjoying wedded bliss only for their happiness to come to an abrupt halt when Big suffers a fatal heart attack after a 45-minute ride on his at-home Peloton bike. So there's, like, so much promo for the Peloton, like, before we find out that it's the thing that kills him. And it feels just like a classic sponsored thing. Like, he's talking about how he loves Allegra, and he's about to do his thousandth ride, and he loves the Peloton, Peloton, Peloton. And then it's, like, the symphony. They go to... um, Charlotte's daughter's piano recital and she's playing this like gorgeous symphony and as she's playing it he's on the bike and the thing is climbing and he's climbing and then she drops the piano and he drops (laughs) out 
That is so crazy. I saw this morning a meme that was like Peloton when they found out they're getting to be on Sex and City. Woo! Woo! Peloton when they watched the episode. <laughs> and by the way, Peloton stock is dropping. Okay, what did they respond? So this is what they responded. Because um, it seems sponsored, but it's obviously not. A member of Peloton's Health and Wellness Advisory Council and preventative cardiologist said in a statement to the LA Times that while she sure, quote, Sex and the City fans like me are saddened by the news that Mr. Big dies of a heart attack, the fact that he was on the exercise bike just beforehand has little to do with his death mr big lived what many would call an extravagant lifestyle including cocktails cigars and big steaks mm -hmm. and was at serious risk as he had a previous cardiac event in season six yes he had an angina these lifestyle choices and perhaps even his family history which often is a significant factor were the likely cause of his death riding his peloton bike may have even helped delay his cardiac event okay so like steve is all like why was he on the bike and miranda says like very like directly the bike didn't kill him so i think they like tried to make it seem like it wasn't the bike but it was just like a very it almost seemed like an intentional attack attack on peloton like whoever okay it's like whoever wrote this script has a lot of stake in soul cycle bikes yeah no i agree this is a really i mean i'm sure this is a very real thing that could happen and i'm sure that it does happen but that is a really crazy choice and if you do want to kill him like from his at home don't use the name brand spin bike yeah couldn't they just say the stationary bike yeah or i'm just gonna cycle at home yeah or like yeah totally so i didn't watch it but that's just a really crazy thing and, and the fact that they this spokesperson has to talk about like big's lifestyle choices and like this fictional character it's and so it's stupid. like it's so stupid but can we talk about like the fact that they killed big off like they brought the show back it was supposed to be like it's a light and fun show i just said it's my comfort show and it got so serious so fast and when you said yesterday that like they killed someone off i had heard that big was gonna die and so when when you confirmed it like i i knew that it was big okay. um and it was like hella sad. Like I actually did cry. Like the whole second episode is like preparing for the funeral and the actual funeral. And it's really sad. And like she gets his ashes. Like it's so dark and so bizarre. Um, they do that with every like Sex and the City. Ever since they wrapped, it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Carrie gets left at the altar. What's the worst thing that could happen? She cheats on Big. What's the worst thing that could happen? Big dies. And it's like, wait, why couldn't we watch the 10 years of Wedded Bliss? Yeah, no, they have this like fabulous apartment. They were being so cute. Like, and they do talk about COVID. They're not, they're, they're acting like we're living in a completely post-COVID world. Like they're going out to dinner, waiting for a restaurant. They're not wearing masks. And they're like, oh, remember when we used to have to wear masks? Like, it's fine. It's not bothering me because it's not like a main storyline. Um, but I'm really struggling with the show between like absolutely like despising it and also like kind of really loving it. And here's why the, okay, I actually have something to say for why I hate it. Okay. So she's on a podcast and she's like this, like kind of like old woman on the podcast and they're talking about like sex and anal and she's like getting really quiet and her boss is like, you've got to step your pussy up. That's what she said. Like, this is a podcast. Sometimes we're going to go there and you have to be able to go there. Like, you were writing about sex in the 90s in a newspaper. Like, you can do that. So she goes home and tries to step her pussy up. And she asks Big to masturbate in front of him, in front of her. And, like, we watch it. It was it was horrifying. You watch it? Did yeah. they show penis? No, 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 no. But, like, it's this like, two people sitting on a bed. Like, one's masturbating, the other one's watching. Okay. It was horrifying. So it's shit like that that, like, they're trying to, like, I don't know, make kind of shocking moments like they used to have it's just not cutting it and not to be mean or ageist but like watching an old man masturbate is just not my idea of a good time I'm sorry maybe if it was like when he was younger I would have enjoyed it I'm sorry not to be ageist it was kind of disgusting I think that that's okay that is really 
It was just shit like that, you know? Okay, I'm really feeling very comfortable in my choice not to watch. But, but. Okay, wait, but I also just want to say, like, as to COVID and TV, I'm, like, coming to this place where it's, like, it used to be, like, I don't want to see it, I don't want to smell it, get it away, like, we, it's hard enough living in it. Yeah. But now it's like we have to live in this hellscape and it's not fair to watch TV shows where like they don't have to deal with it. Right. You know, and it just makes it makes you like more aware of how different things are. now. That's actually true. So I don't know what the right answer is because on the one hand, I'm like, I want to hear about, you know, I want you to represent reality. On the other hand, I'm like, escape. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So it's frustrating it's like even on when I'm watching Real Housewives and or reality TV and like they're wearing masks in situations that do not call for masks I'm like what are you doing it's performative it's right so I, I don't even know how I feel about it I just know like whatever everything that's being put out there is just like not doing it for me. yeah I know I feel that um but here's the magic of the show and it's what in my opinion has been the greatest strength of the show always is the writing like I cackled like 15 times and I don't even really even at shows that I love like I never really like lol I cackled like the writing is just so good and so funny but it does feel like the show is like kind of morbid because we're watching Willie Garson who's like the best and he's being so funny and he's still married to Anthony and he's dead and then Big is dead on the show like it's just kind of morbid but there is there is magic there and for me what I'm really struggling with is the Miranda of it all because I have been like a Miranda spokesperson for for years. I just really believe that she was the best person on the show. And I just don't believe the Miranda that I know would turn into the Miranda that we're currently seeing. She's like a Karen. And she's like a white savior who's like racist. <laughs> like she's like saying all this shit to her teacher about her braids. And like it's just the Miranda that I know I don't think would have turned into this person. But it is like a like an interesting conversation on like people in our culture like white saviors like who think that they're like helping and they're actually making things worse mm-hmm. um but it's disappointing because like Miranda's my girl and she's insufferable yeah and I actually do think my call about her exploring her sexuality is gonna happen because she, Carrie's boss that she does a podcast with is like this really cool young lesbian and they like have this moment at the funeral and then they tease it coming up they're like she's having marital problems with Steve so I think she might explore her sexuality which nice. would be very interesting. So does Carrie host a podcast or she just was like guesting? She's on the podcast. She's like, she recently started like taking pictures of people's street style on Instagram and like it got really popular and now she's like an Instagram like digital person and she started doing this podcast. It's like it already existed and she's like one of the three like people who joined panelists. Okay. And, um, and she likes it, but she like sucks at it. Got it. Sounds like Carrie. Yeah. So, um... And it was, like, annoying because, like, right before Big died, they were, like, going to go to the Hamptons. And, like, I'm, like, let me see the Hamptons house. Like, I want to see Carrie's life now. Like, she worked all these all this time, like, to have the life that she has now. And, like, we can't even see it. I barely got to see their apartment before he dropped dead. Yeah. Like, the closet and the shower. Like, I got to see none of it. Damn. Yeah. Sounds – the reviews didn't look good. You know, I've actually seen people really enjoying it. The thing is, if you love the show and you love the characters, like, you will like it. Samantha. So what they say about Samantha is – you know, the book business isn't what it was. And at one point, Carrie just had to, like, fire Samantha as her publicist because she couldn't pay her anymore, which is, like, bullshit because she's married to Big, but whatever. And apparently, Samantha took it really hard, dropped them all as friends, moved to London, and won't answer any of their calls or texts. So they did leave it kind of open. Um, but then at the funeral, Carrie was like, I didn't want any flowers. And she walks in, and there's, like, this gorgeous set of flowers on the coffin. And the women who run the funeral home are like, well, we know you didn't want any flowers, but these just arrived, and they're really gorgeous, and here's the note. And it was from Samantha. And so she texted Samantha, thank you. So it is, like, 
open-ended. Like, Kim Cattrall could come back. Um, but it's just such a mischaracterization of Samantha. Like, Samantha is the most ride-or-die bitch out there. Like, Who just, even knew Carrie was paying her all these years? No, I thought she was doing it pro bono because Carrie had no fucking money. Yeah. So it was like... It had holes in it, but it also was just not who Samantha was. Like, Samantha didn't care about money. Samantha was so successful on her own. Samantha was the best friendship. Something so silly is that she never would have let, like, a 30-year friendship end because of that. So I just feel like it was a misrepresentation of who Samantha was. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think without Samantha, for me, it's just not... It's not going to work. But if I like that they left it open for her to come back because that means they've left it open for me to come back. Yeah. And so the fourth woman who I think they're like planning to make like another seat at their lunch table is this woman who goes to um, the same school. Her kids go to the same school as Charlotte. And she's like so cool. And Charlotte like wants to be your friend on the PTA. And they're like becoming friendly. And I think that she's going to become like the fourth. Got it. And what's up with Charlotte? Um, she, I, I have a feeling we're going to, explore one of her daughter's sexuality because she didn't want to wear the dress the dress the dress was like a whole thing maybe she's non-binary i think that's where they were going with the whole dress thing um but her and harry are just epic it's like lily um who is the oldest daughter is very much charlotte like concert pianist loves this oscar de la renta dress that she bought and the younger daughter is like more of a tomboy um rose and her and harry are really close so it's kind of like perfect cute yeah it's cute and harry's like still the best i think if people came if they came between charlotte and harry like people would riot but you would think the same about carrie and big you would also think the same it's like enough like we like steve but you know steve has actually aged extremely well it's interesting to see like how who's aging they actually talk about like she's so miranda's going back to school and charlotte's like well are you gonna dye your hair like she's fully gray she's like no and charlotte like makes a face and so they talk about like how old they're getting actually like I would say they spent a little too much time talking about how old they're all getting. It's like, we get it, you're old. Talk about something else. Yeah. Like, we know Steve is going deaf. Like, everyone's old. It's, like, a little annoying. Right. But then they also, like, disregard age when it comes to, you know, her trying to... Masturbate. Right. But what about just, like, sex at any age? Like, why don't you bring that to the podcast? 100%. Um, Okay. Bloom where you're planted, Carrie. Bloom where you're planted, Carrie. Um, okay, so that is my Sex and City recap. And it's safe to come back. Yep, it was about 10 minutes. You're okay, we're all gonna, safe. We're going to put the description in the podcast. So podcasters, you are now in a safe space, a spoiler-free zone. Yes, you are free. You are good. You are good. You are good. Come back. Come back. Come back. <laughs> Let's dive into the TV recap segment. Okay. Which is brought to you by Manscaped. Santa baby, it's holiday season and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer competition. That's a mouthful. Manscaped, thank you for having an excuse to get all the gifts he's been needing year-round. They've changed more than 4 million men worldwide for the better. So if you have a man in your life who maybe has some nose hairs that have been bothering you, some ear hairs, some more private genitalia hairs that have been bothering you, give the gift of subtlety with Manscaped. Their best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. You'll find the Lawnmower Body Trimmer, which is the best trimmer on the market for his balls, back, chest, the list goes on, and the Weed Whacker, which is the ear hair, ear and nose hair trimmer. Um, let's not forget their famous liquid formulation. So they have ball deodorant, crop reviver, ball toner. They've got you covered head to toe for the man in your life. Great gift for your boyfriend, for your partner, for your husband. Um, they also have sham- uh, shampoo and conditioner that just launched. They have cologne infused body wash. 
just like if your man's not taking care of himself, like here's a very subtle gift. Like here, I got you this whole thing. Just yes. use it all in the shower. Goodbye. <laughs> um, whether it's for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something they will actually use and it's almost sure to get a laugh. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code TOAST. Cheers to rocking the best gifts of all the season. A gift for him, but really a gift for you. Manscaped.com, code TOAST. Those are the best gifts. Yeah, the Gift. ones that are like self-serving. Yeah, 100%. That's a perfect gift for the man in your life. I was actually thinking about getting that... Um, he, you sent me this heated blanket when we were watching Margo on QVC. <laughs> they kept promoting this heated blanket that like sometimes a heating pad is just not big enough for the surface area of your body. Or for me and Brew together. Right. So if you get like a heated blanket, it's like a whole thing. And it's been haunting me ever since you sent me the like I almost bought it on the TV. And now I'm thinking I actually might get it for Ben for me. I got it and I'm so excited for it to come and that's Bruno's Christmas present that's because cute. he's going to be so excited because you know what this heating pad is not big enough for the two of us. It is so fucking small. And I just really have been enjoying watching QVC. Like Me too. I feel like I am the perfect audience member. I spend so much time at home. I'm always shopping. And I love things like that make your life easier, you no. know? And they... This is not an ad for QVC. We've just been watching a lot because we haven't even spoken about how Margo recently got a gig on QVC and she's been like killing it. No, and like even when her segment's over, just I keep watching. They have so many like great products. They also have the best prices. Unbeatable. And it's just really down to a science. And I, I've i really been enjoying Like, I, I find it to be very soothing. Me too. But, you know, I am going to wind up with a house full of crap if I keep watching. Okay, but, like, they were having this thing. Uh, did you see this, like, big charging block? No. It's like, okay, it's like a, it's, it was $79. And you could plug in just, like, an outlet to it. You could charge your phone. Obviously, you could jumpstart a car. It had, like, insane voltage for, like, a blackout. I actually feel like it was a really good thing to have. Oh, no, I saw something like that on Amazon recently, and I thought it was a really good thing to have. You'll have to send me the link. I will. It was on QVC. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, jumpstart a car. Okay, so should we, let's do Ultimate Girls Trip. Let's do Ultimate Girls Trip. Which wrapped up on Peacock, um, I think, yesterday. The final episode came out. Yes. What are your overall thoughts? Did you like it? I for some reason maybe it was just the headspace that I was in when I watched the first five episodes I couldn't get enough I'm like this is so great so different so unique and then I took a couple weeks off and yesterday I watched the last three episodes six five six and seven um and I couldn't be bothered with the stupidity. Like, it was just infuriatingly stupid. I kind so of felt sure. the opposite. In the beginning, I was like, this is a little awkward. Like, everyone in their egos. And I'm just, like, a little uncomfortable. And then by the rest of the episodes, I was like, okay, this is moving like a well-oiled machine. And my issue with it only had to do with, like, you know, the this, drama. The drama and where everybody landed. And I just, I found it to be, like, really sad for Ramona. Like, beyond you know just this she's not getting along with the girls like there were so many instances and I know she's like the I, I hate in being in a place where I have to defend Ramona because mm -hmm. really she's quite indefensible but the way that the other women were treating her and like the thing about Ramona is she says untoward things to your face and it's like what the fuck why would you say that why would you say Luann slept with Tom on the night first date yeah but what Luann says in her confessionals and what Luann says to other people about Ramona and behind her back is just as bad as what Ramona says to her face. And like, they act like they're so, like Ramona's not savvy enough to navigate, you know, all of her shit talking. Mm -hmm. And she just kind of like lays it bare and is really messy. But everybody else is doing the exact same thing to her. Yes. And then also Ramona like is the villain she is in the wrong and so and everyone I mean Luann playing like the victim of all victims and oh it's my just God. like it's so funny to watch how the people from each other's seasons uh cities, franchise yeah 
like how they misrepresent each other so and those are the people who are getting along the least so it's Ramona, Ramona and Luann. Luann it's Cynthia and Kenya and it's Melissa and Teresa who have so deep rooted we can't even get into it who literally don't even know each other but the thing about like in New York City yes everybody kind of like rags on Lou but like Lou did that shit like there and was, it was a time like when, embarrassing when Lou was fucking insufferable yeah. it was the Tom time it was cabaret time it was, she got arrested like everything like right now Lou is in such a good place but like Lou is rewriting history yes and Ramona is there to say that's not how it happened but the other girls are just like eating it's it up her truth like and Ramona did try to tell you about Tom like everybody tried to tell you about Tom and and even though it was a sad situation like you can't say that Ramona wasn't trying to be a girlfriend no I completely agree I think in a lot of ways yes Ramona was like being insufferable but that's just like so Ramona but there was like a crazy amount of hypocrisy from the women um yes like especially when Luann and Ramona were getting into it on the boat and Kenya somehow just like inserted herself right in the center of it and like did put hands on Ramona and like nobody said anything. Yeah, even the the Kenya Ramona drama starts on the plane and yeah. as I was watching it, they do so many flashbacks in the show, which is annoying. But so Ramona's telling the story of how she met someone. Yep. And and Kenya is literally like pushing the story being like you were cheating on your husband. Like if I were telling the story saying I was uh, with my husband we're going through a divorce I met this guy we're flirting but you know I'm married and she's like and then someone's like you are still married you're flirt like you're not listening then and so she calls her like offhand a bitch which is like since when is that the biggest offense of all time no you know what I thought Kenya was like really pushing Ramona in that scenario and like, like misrepresenting what a, a nice story that Ramona was trying to tell everybody on the uh, like especially Kenya and Luann like are really pushing Ramona's buttons unfortunately Ramona is not savvy enough to like just put it out of her head and be like I know they're trying to get at me and she gives them the reaction that they want and every morning she, she says she's not she's looking at herself in the mirror and she's like I'm gonna keep my mouth shut and she becomes the villain and she's making it so easy for them but like then not only did really do they push her buttons and also like you can't talk about the Tom situation and lie like that you know Ramona's gonna come and correct you and she's gonna look like an asshole yeah fell into your trap yep but then now she's on the outs with everyone she's on this island of her own and she brings them all to John's house and she's like clearly like feeling herself having a moment she's already confided in the women like I have nothing to go home to everybody knows she's like this like kind of sad older mm -hmm. lady and the way that Kenya and Luann evil were at that dinner just made me so sad for Ramona it was so sad. No, it was it was so evil. Like the not only it was Kenya's idea and Luann's execution, and just together it was so mean spirited. And you know Ramona had to pretend like she didn't care. Yeah, obviously thank she God did. She did that at least, and, and didn't yeah. just give them more reactions. They would laugh at her more. Like yeah, it was so mean, girl. And it's like Kenya is the most popular girl in, in the, the house. house, and everybody loves her, and everybody's like following her. And so, and Ramona is the biggest loser. I'm, I'm sure Cynthia's giving her run for her money. But no, I'm sorry. Cynthia is the biggest loser. Cynthia, We're going to okay, get into Cynthia's that. Cynthia is the biggest loser, but Ramona is the most on the outs. The most disliked. And when the most popular person is constantly, like, uh, you know, messing with the the loser, it's, it, it doesn't feel right. No, and I'm sorry. Ramona did say one thing extremely factual the entire time when, like, Cynthia is just, like, getting on this weird hill of, you didn't let me do my glam 25 minutes earlier. Like, so stupid at Teresa's dinner. Like, the most... So Cynthia was like needing some argument because she was like becoming so irrelevant and she likes 
oh, everyone's hating Ramona. Let me talk some shit on Ramona too. And then Ramona's like, you guys are so bored. All you do is talk about me. And that's like what really set Kenya off. And you know what? Ramona was speaking 100% facts. This entire weekend would have been so lame without Ramona. Like everyone's just getting along, pretending to be someone they're not. Teresa, everyone was pretending to be someone they're not. Fraudulent vibes. Thank God for Ramona. 100%. And I think this example I'm about to share really sums up like what is so wrong they all were taking pictures with Michael doing a photo shoot yes 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 doing a photo shoot on the beach like feeling cringy. themselves like cringy you know but like modeling as much as they can for you know they're they are who they are and Ramona's doing the same thing as everyone else it was just the editing just like trying to like you know be cute for the pictures and they're all like laughing at her in their confessionals in front of her and, and it's the like, editing was like wah, it, wah, wah. like and in that situation she's done nothing wrong like or even when they're doing the twerk off and Ramona like none of them can twerk no and Ramona, not even Cynthia and Ramona's there like uh, trying her best and and Kenya who they're not even on speaking terms is like pulling up yeah, her dress and like watching her butt and it's like and Ramona just she doesn't even react to it I know, and it I just felt like too. everybody's constantly poking fun at her and at her age like it just feels really mean no and yes I agree and I know that this is like hella unpopular but it's just so easy to like go along with like Ramona's sex trade it's hard it's honestly we're more creative for looking at it with a more nuanced eye and I just I don't know like I think the whole thing started off on a bad foot because they all like hated Ramona with the room thing when I didn't really feel like Ramona did anything that bad with the room thing and it was just after that it was just like down the hill she went yeah and she didn't help herself at all but I thought like when she had the conversation well, she was wasted for that whole day I know and that's the other like I just wish she didn't drink so much because then she just like digs herself in deeper and she never does that on New York and Lou said that too like, she doesn't drink on New York no, that's the thing she always has a drink but she's never two. drunk she's never drunk and she, she knows exactly how to act but the second she has a drink she becomes like old Ramona and that's why she doesn't drink anymore yeah and that was really frustrating because it's like there's no getting through to her we're just gonna have to wait till tomorrow and that's just like frustrating about alcohol in general and yeah you just really like you're never gonna you're never gonna win the argument. Yeah. But when she was having like that post Bailey Bowl conversation with Ke Kyle and Teresa. Yes. And they really were taking the time to understand her. Nobody I, had done that yet. Nobody had done that. I felt like I understood her even more. I almost wish that she didn't practice what she was going to say to Kenda because she used the good surprise on them. Yeah. And then when she went to Kenya, she was acting because she was trying to remember what she said. But what she was saying at the table did seem extremely genuine. You know, I just feel so torn about Kenya because. I on her on her show I, I think she's just like evil like what I'll never forget Kenya more hair care like just I think she's done so many evil things and she's like really mean to a lot of people who are nice to her but she was really confusing me because like when she gave that trip to Teresa that was so nice it was just seemed so out of character for her and then also giving um no no that was Cynthia sorry no she, she was just doing a lot of things and Everyone was so drawn to her energy. Like, I'm, I must be wrong about her because everyone in the house like couldn't get enough of her. I don't know. The, if, if I'm going based on the other women, it's like who you were in Turks and Caicos was like your absolute best foot Fakest. forward and very, very phony. But the, I think the person who was most themselves was Kyle. Yes. But Kyle, like, is shrewd enough that even if she like you know wanted to have an issue with someone or something like rubbed her the wrong way aside from like the Bailey Q thing she really like is not she I think she just made the decision like I'm here to have fun I'm coming off good I don't want to be with confrontational these women. yeah well let's talk about Cynthia I would say who took the biggest L the entire 
trip. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, well, I was like, oh, she's going to turn it around now. Oh, she's going to turn it around now. And then it's like the last dinner. I'm like, I don't think she's turning it around. No, and like the first few times I was like, you know what? I've, I I just know that feeling of like you're just upset and like feeling off and you don't know how to get out of it. And, and I, everyone's making progress and because you're in your own head, you're falling even further behind. Yes, and like, okay, it's a new day. I'm going to start anew. I'm going to try again and I get that. But she could never like get out of it. And also she continued to be so sensitive about really small stuff. And it was just not the right environment for her. No, not at all. And you know what? It's like sad because now she's not on Atlanta anymore. That was like her last moment. And she just looked like an enormous loser. Yeah. Like really big. Yeah. No, it was it was quite sad. And then Teresa was just out here like putting on a full-blown act. I'm sure for Melissa it was like very jarring. Like I know that. And everyone was like, oh, Teresa, I'm surprised how sweet you are. Yeah, because she's literally being fake. Like No, and here's like, it's, it's just why it's like so annoying that you can't cross-reference. But like when... Um when Ramona said on the boat that Luann slept with Tom the first on the first date, which is a, is a bad thing to say, like it's very uncalled for, it's private information, whatever, but that's the kind of conversation that flies in Real Housewives of New York City. Yes. Just want to say that. And then Teresa got so upset that Ramona said that, and it's like, wait, weren't you out here last year accusing Evan of cheating like, yep. and talking about... Oh, their, that's so true. And it's just like... Hypocrisy. Mm, it's hypocrisy, and it's like That's it, so true. it's a, unless Teresa were to say that now on this boat, it's like irrelevant to the situation. But like you say and have done crazier things. Can I tell you though that the, the best part of like everyone like coming to Lou's defense, Lou rewriting history, is when Teresa like went around the table at her dinner and said really nice things about all the women she's just recently met, and she was like, Luann, like I will protect you, like we're gonna give you a backbone, and Luann like fucking like, you know, I, I can we go back to the backbone thing? Like you said, I have no backbone. You said. I'm a pushover, even though she never said that. That was just, like, so great. Like, Luann, you, your storyline is so fraudulent. You've made it seem to everyone like you don't have a backbone. Yeah, like, so now Lou they're all saying... Getting knocked down by yeah, the girls. That's what you painted the picture. So now they're all just reciting what you have told them, and now you're suddenly offended. And now you're offended, like they painted you as this victim. <laughs> because you are Because playing, you've been victim mentality the whole time. The like, Lou is not the victim on Real Housewives of New York, ever. Like, the thing she She's said, the oppressor. Wait, 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 okay. Here's another great example. So Ramona said, you know, you slept with Tom on the first night. Slut shaming, not cool. What, remember what Luann said to Sonia in the van in the Hamptons about sleeping with... Trash. Sleeping with... With uh, guys on the first date. Yeah. 15 guys. Yeah. And that, like, he married me. Like, literally, it's worse than what Ramona that did. That is but it's so true. They were all just, like, on a delusional island where, like, they've never done anything like that in the past. And everything Ramona's doing is, like, so taboo when they've literally done... 30 times but worse. Like, very recently. Here's the thing. Ramona didn't get the memo that... We were all faking it. We're all faking it. We're all on our best behavior. What we do on our shows, we're not going to do here because this is the all-stars. And you're not going to get caught like that. Can I tell you, I know everyone's like so anti-Ramona. I just feel like we're making a lot of good points. Like, I think we actually might turn some people. I just want to say that. No, and I agree. Well, it's just like if you hate Ramona, you hate Ramona. But here's the other thing. I saw Ramona do some things just like in the off, like, you know, when she's waking up for breakfast and like being fucking annoying and stuff that would make me, if I were there, like. I don't want to be around you. Of course. But as a viewer and like watching these dynamics at play, it is extremely hard to be the person in the house that like everybody's laughing at, talking shit about. And like, at least she does try. And like, I thought when she had that conversation with Luann, um, in the, in the beach, in the beach hut, I thought she was extremely genuine. She wasn't yeah. up to her old apologies, like season one, Ramona. Like it but was. She just does like, do that a lot, so it must just get like monotonous. Like she is really genuine when she apologizes, and then she'll literally do the same then thing the next day. She just forgets. But then when she was also <laughs> describing how, when growing up, she would just zone out. I do feel like she's oftentimes yes, I thought that extremely was a, zoned a out. A great explanation for like some of her bizarre quirks. Yeah. 
Yeah, where she's literally not listening to you. And she's still spoken about her childhood, like, a lot on Housewives, almost to the point where she brings up her childhood and people are like, stop. And I guess I never really understood why she was bringing it up, but I felt like I really got to know Ramona at a glance at that beach conversation with Melissa and Kyle. She brings it up, I think, when she really is in a bad place and she needs to, like, explain to these women why she is the way that she is. But I still don't feel like we even know a fraction of what she experienced, you know? I agree. So it's actually, she doesn't... um, like wield it as an excuse for everything. But yeah. I think sometimes it's like, okay, I gotta let these women know who like about Why I'm, me. Otherwise I'm never gonna make any headway. So all in all, I thought it was like a pretty good show. I know that there's other versions of it coming out, like a couple like B listers in the Berkshires. Yeah. I think that's what the show's called. The B list go- the Berkshires. Berkshires. And I don't think it'll translate. I think this was like a once in a lifetime thing because it was like the best of the best cast, great house. And I just don't know if it'll translate to the other spinoffs they're planning on doing. Yeah, I agree. And just to go back to Luann one more time. um, (laughs) Like, what Ramona said about Lou, not cool. Yeah. But then all the women watched how Lou, like, took a shot out of the mouth and kissed a married man. Yeah. Right And And said that he's DMing her. Right. And that's just okay behavior. The hypocrisy was blinding. It was blinding. So anyways, I just, it made me... And it was just frustrating to know, like, no one agrees. Yeah, I know. Like, we're so in the minority here. Yeah. But um, it was good. I B-List in the Berkshires looks really quite atrocious. An atrocity. I will watch it just because it's, like, actually seems, like, crazy. It actually might be so bad that it's even better than this. Yeah. And, like, these are all women who are off the show. Nothing to lose. I think we're going to get a a whole array of Ramonas. Yeah, I agree. You know? Everyone else, they have, like... Too much to lose to be crazy. Yeah, but, like, maybe if you're just crazy enough, you'll get back on. I agree. It's going to be batshit. Batshit B-list in the Berkshires. You know what? Now I'm actually looking forward to it. (laughs) No, I think... We talked ourselves into it. Yeah, no, the cast is, like, crazy. Like, Brandy Lanville, Tamara, Dorinda, Vicky. That's, like... Toxic. Taylor Armstrong. Oh wow. It's really like crazy. Okay, maybe it will be good. Phaedra. Um, you know what I also spent all day watching yesterday was the Sex Lives of College Girls. I do know. And I know that you didn't watch it. I'm here to tell you, like, you will absolutely love it. It's an amazing show. Even though you said it made you feel old. You know what? I got over that extremely quickly because the show was very good. Hilarious writing. Like I cackled okay. at so many moments. And also, I just need you to watch it because there is a character. Her name is Kimberly, who I just found out is Timothy Chalamet's sister. Her name is Pauline Chalamet. She plays Kimberly like this freak. She is, not visually, just personality-wise, reminds me so much of Dana from the Redheads. And it's and I think I figured out why. It's because this girl's like, she actually has this admirable confidence. Like, she's just so sure of who she is and going to college and meeting all these new people. Like, it's not going to change that. She is who she is, even if that is, like, a little quirky. And she says these, like, quirky, bizarre things with so much confidence that, like, no one questions her. She reminds me so much of Dana. I cannot get over it. So I just need you to watch it to, like, tell me if you see it. I will. And you know what? The show, like, the premise looks good. And even, I don't mind, if you say it's good, I, I will actually, that is something that I would watch. So but, I'm going to watch it. So, so don't it's, spoil it. It's four college roommates and just they all have their own storylines. It's by Mindy Kaling. The premise is so good. I don't know why that doesn't happen more often. Yeah, and it's by Mindy Kaling. So it's actually like they refer to social media and stuff like actually well because this girl like likes this guy and she, the, one of her friends is like put up a story and like see if he sees it. And then like it's just a good accurate representation of like how social media plays out in college where I feel like sometimes 90-year-olds are talking about Instagram. I just feel like the, the culture is there. Like Mindy... Kaling has a really good pulse on the generation and because it's Mindy Kaling like it's super diverse and not in like the 
corny way. It's like just really good. And the writing is great. The only thing I feel weird about is I know the, the, the actors are like in their 20s, but we're supposed to be watching 18 year olds. They just got to college. And there's like really kind of, um, Wow, I'm having She's like speechless. What, like inappropriate? Not inappropriate, but what's what I'm looking for? Like sexual? Lewd? No, no, it's just like sex scenes, but it's like not vulgar, but like it's like I don't know what you're trying to say. Me neither. No, Hold so on. what is it very like uh, explicit? Like explicit, that's a great word, yeah. Well, because we're seeing stuff? Yeah, we're seeing like major sex scenes. And Which you're just saying, feels like, weird it, because it feels the characters like are supposed to be 18. We're watching 18 year olds having sex. Even though they are not. They're supposed to be. There's something like we felt weird about it. Like the, that's interesting. That was the only thing. Okay, I'll let you. I'm gonna watch it, so I'll, I'll let you know if that sticks out. It's just great, and like I honestly can't decide which girl I like best because the day Do they show parts and stuff. No, not part. Uh, boobs, yeah. Oh yeah, boobs are always free boobs, rain. tushy. Okay, and then no, like sex positions. No P, no V. No P, no V. Not okay. that I can remember. I mean, it's HBO. You never know. Oh, you know what? There was a little P. There was a little pee. They, love they to go throw to like a naked party. HBO loves to throw in one pee to get the people talking. I actually think you would like it because the, sh I mean, maybe it's because I've literally never been to a real college except yours. It reminded me of Colgate, like just like the vibe. It's in Vermont, so it's like fall. It Is just, it like a small school? Yeah, it's Essex. It's not like a huge oh, college. Cool. Oh my God, that sounds really great. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's really good. I really liked it. And I just love the characters. Like at first, I'm like, who do I like best? I liked like Leighton the best because she was just like this rich girl from the Upper East Side. But then they all are just so nuanced. I think I ended up like Bell liking Bella the best or that girl Kimberly who was such a weirdo, the Dana girl. Um, she really grows on you. I'm sure that she will. It's really good. Okay, that's oh, great. And one of the girls, her mom is like a really famous senator played by Sherry Shepard who's just hilarious. The show is just perfect. Like I have, I wish there were, I wish there was like 10 seasons out so I could just like binge because now I'm like such a trendsetter I'll be waiting a while damn yeah so good I give it 10 out of 10 great and that's our show okay now I feel fully recapped I feel unburdened yeah me as well I can go into this weekend alarm free living all of the tings it's a long episode and enjoy living life so thank you guys for being toasters next week is our final week of TMT for 2021 yes reminder the 17th of December is our final episode and that's really exciting 2022 is. is almost here. You got to start thinking about resolutions and shit. No, fuck that. I just feel like when you're having resolutions are for broken people. I, and I'm, also, I'm fully whole. Like as a pregnant person, like there's a lot of change coming. <laughs> like I don't feel the need to like. You're exempt. No, it's like I'm gonna go through so much, and I also need to make sure to get my steps in. No, you're fucking exempt from that bullshit. Okay. I do think that is when you graduate from resolution making. I agree. It's too when, late for you when you're making a child. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Chest, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the past five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places where you listen to podcasts, find us the Morning Chest, leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you guys have an amazing day. And if you made it to the end of this episode, why don't you go drop an emoji on our most recent Instagram of the letter B for the B list in the Berkshires. Love that. Have a great weekend. We love you and we'll see you back in the studio on Monday. Bye. Bye.